On this webisode of American RVer, Gina Michael tells us how to begin feeling healthier while RVing. And Richard Richmond tells us about chassis maintenance, including chassis batteries and checking fluid levels on our motorized coach. But first, we're taking you to wine country. No, not Napa Valley, California, but Brunswick County along the North Carolina coast to the Silver Coast Winery. Peggy gets a tour from owner Mary Ann Azado. Thanks for having us here today at Silver Coast Winery. Well, it's always a pleasure. It's so nice to have you guys come visit. I know, and Ocean Isle Beach is such a great place. You know, we're right on the coast of North Carolina. What a great destination for I an mean, RV. What a great destination. Look, you've got golf, you've got the beach, and you've got great wine. Great wine. Tell me about the winery. How long have you been here? And tell me about the grapes you grow and the kind Actually, of wine you make. We opened in May of 2004. So we're just, I don't know, 2000, we're four years old. 2002, oh, okay. excuse me. Right. And, um, We've been here four years. We were actually the 22nd winery in North Carolina, and there are now 57. Holy mackerel. I know, so it's really a, uh, and we thought we were doing something so novel, but it's right. really a lot of fun. And um, we, are, we have a small muscadine vineyard, because that's really what we can grow in this area. Given the climate and the, the soil. Climate, and mainly because of Pierce's disease, which is a bacterial disease transmitted by leafhoppers. Oh, okay. But we do um, have uh, relationships with several other wine or, or vineyards mm -hmm. that we get our grapes from, some in the Yadkin Valley. What are some of the wines that you make? Oh, we make, we've now got about 14 different wines. Uh, we've got three different Chardonnays. We've got a, a um, stainless Chardonnay. We've got an American oak, uh, kind of a buttery Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. And then we've got our premium oak Chardonnay. Uh, we've got Merlot, Cabernet, Saval Blanc. Yeah, and you've won some awards for some of these wines, haven't you? Oh, we're really proud of that. Now, the yeah. first year we were open, we were a little timid about even entering any of these competitions, and I think it was basically our fear of rejection. <laughs> but, but then once we started to enter and, and basically looking at international competitions with, you know, 20, 30 different countries. Mm -hmm. And when we started getting double golds and golds and, you know, recognition that was really exciting for us. There's nothing better than having a, a medal. As a matter of fact, I just picked right. up the mail today and I know there's some medals in there. I just can't oh, wait to get to the exciting. mail. Yeah. And I know you've got some unique labels on your bottles and all of that that local artists have designed. Yeah, when we first opened, we were really doing a little bit of uh, due diligence here to figure out what uh, whether a winery would really make it in this part of the country. And I don't know, Ocean Isle, Southport, this part of, of Brunswick County has a tremendous amount of artists, mm -hmm. of really talented artists. And so we thought they always actually have uh, wine at their art openings. So we thought, well, let's do a wine label competition and see what we come up with. Well, we knew we'd probably get 30 or 40 labels, but 380 oh, labels wow. later awesome. of professionally presented, really exciting labels. It was one of those things where the artists would call up and they'd say, well, Marianne, what exactly do you want on the label? And I thought to myself, well, if I knew exactly what I wanted on the label, <laughs> I, I could just go tell one of you great talented people <laughs> to go do it. So we've got a really nice variety right. of labels right. going from a pirate theme because, you know, the pirates actually, you know, Black Blue Beard and Blackbeard mm -hmm. and all those beards, right. they always <laughs> hung out in these shoals. And um, and then from the, the seascapes and mm -hmm. um, mermaids, right. and it's really fun. And now at the winery itself, it's not just a place where you come and you drink wine, but you also have a gift shop, you have the barrel room, you have your art gallery. Art gallery. Yeah. I think we should take a look at some of those things. Oh, I think it's fun. Okay. Oh, come on, all right. on. Let's, Let's go. go. Well, now that we've made our way into the gallery, tell me a little bit about what's going on here. 
Well, you know, we have openings several times a year, and right now we've got uh, one of our really premier uh, painters and artists in Brunswick County, Rusty Thomas Shoes. Mm -hmm. And Rusty actually is a teacher, and I think anybody who's really done any study of art in this area probably has uh, studied mm -hmm. with Rusty. Mm -hmm. And actually, Rusty submitted a uh, label for our wine label contest, which actually was a Neptune in the Compass Rose, mm -hmm. which actually became our logo. Awesome. So, yeah. That's so, great. But you have other things rather other than just paintings, I see. Wine glasses. I never knew you could do so many things with wine glasses. Well, you know, in January, we have different events all year long. Uh, in January, we have our ultimate wine glass competition where artists submit oh, glasses, of, okay. uh, and so and we have winners, and our amateur winemaker competition. Mm -hmm. And now, we've also got our new pavilion outside. outside. We call it our um, the meadow, the stage in the meadow, which we'll be doing our... Um, uh, I guess the next big event will be our Purple Feet Festival, and that's mm -hmm. September 16th. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can actually stomp the grapes. We'll have a grape stomp oh, and funny. get you, you know what? Or Lucy. And Lucy, yeah, we have a Lucille Ball lookalike contest. And if you dress like Lucy and you enter our competition, it's free of charge. Okay, and you have things going on all the time here, don't you? Oh, yes, and we have uh, yeah. charity events in our barrel room and weddings and oh, uh, yeah. homeowner association what a great meetings. Place to come to. If you run an RV, come by. You might come on a weekend and participate in one of the events that's happening. Right? Oh, and come anytime. We're open from 11 to 6, Monday through Saturday, and from 12 to 5 on Sunday. Okay. We do tours every half hour. Oh, good. And then um, tastings all day long. Okay, good. Let's go see the uh, barrel room that okay. we've heard Great. so much about, and let's go see the wine. Yeah, where we make the wine in the yeah. fermentation room. Right. Cool. I'll bring my glass. Okay, okay. good. Thanks, Maria. Okay, we've moved into the fermentation room. Tell me how wine gets from there to here. Oh, well, you know what, it's, uh, the grapes come in actually uh, harvest time, which is typically September, and in September they'll go out on the crush pad, they'll go into the destemmer crusher, and then into the press. The white grapes will go directly into the tanks, the red grapes will sit in their skins and seeds for uh, three to four weeks, and then the um, grapes will go into the tanks, and then into, they'll be introduced into the barrels. Now, we've got several different types of barrels. We've got mm -hmm. French oak barrels and American oak barrels, mm -hmm. so when the grapes go into the um, the barrels, they'll age, and some of our, our wines will age up to 18 months oh, in wow. the barrel and then be ready for bottling. And they really take on the flavor of whatever wood the barrels make. They from. do. It's interesting because you can buy different toasts. Actually, at the Cooperage houses, they, or the people that make the barrels, the Cooperage houses, mm. they actually toast the inside of the barrels, and you can wow. actually buy different toasts. And depending on the flavor that the winemaker wants to impart into the wine, he'll buy that toast, a light toast, a medium toast, or a heavy toast. And you know, your light toast is kind of an oaky flavor, mm -hmm. your medium toast are spicy flavors, and your um, heavy toast is like your chocolate and your charcoal and your um, more earthy flavors. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's really interesting because you know what you're tasting, if you taste, let's say, a little Granny Smith apple or a little pepper or a little, mm -hmm. oh, raspberry or cherry, you're actually tasting a very similar molecular structure to that of what you're tasting, the combination of not only the grapes, the different yeasts that the winemaker uses, and also the barrel. This sounds a little complex. I don't think I'm going to do this at home. I'm well, just going to enjoy the wine at the end. Well, I have to tell you something. It is absolutely a lot of fun, and there's a lot of art. And art, as we just saw in the gallery, and the art of making wine are really very similar. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go into the barrel room, which is where these are stored That's correct. for up to 18 months, depending on the wine. That's correct. Okay, good. I love this room, Marianne, with the waterfall in the background. It's just so pretty and so relaxing. The sound is wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? Now, a, a local artist did the waterfall by the name of Doug Campbell. 
And we wanted a waterfall in here so that it would condition the barrels so they wouldn't dry out. Oh, I thought it was just a nice feature. No, well, it, it is actually a very nice feature, but the, it is a useful purpose mm -hmm. so that the barrels don't dry out and they also lessen the evaporation of the uh, uh, wine okay. in the barrels. Well, you've stored some wine barrels in here. Um, how often can you use those or how many times can you use those barrels? Now, typically you'd use a barrel about four times and then um, basically by the, your premium wines will be introduced to a very new barrel. And then your um, wines will continue to be in the barrels, and there'll be about four uses. And uh, after the fourth use, typically the, the barrels become neutral, basically no longer imparting any of those flavors that we were talking about into the to the wine. Okay. So they will then be used either as a storage vessel, or they may be retired into tables or um, oh, okay. or uh, so you recycle everything. We recycle everything. <laughs> That's great. Well, it was a great place to come. Thanks for being here, Marianne. Well, thank you so much, and cheers. cheers. For more information on the Silver Coast Winery, call 910-287-2800 or visit their website at www.silvercoastwinery.com. And welcome back to American RVer. We're talking today about healthy living and how we can be healthier in our RV lifestyle. We may be traveling, we may be just going out for weekends, we may live in our RVs full time, but how do we make ourselves the healthiest we can be so we can enjoy this lifestyle for the longest period of time? With me today is Gina Michael, and Gina is a certified living foods instructor, so she's going to help us kind of understand what we need to do to keep our bodies healthy. Thanks, Gina. What do we have? What do we need to do first? The first thing I recommend to anyone who's considering improving their diet is to keep a journal of what you're eating right now. Everything that you eat and drink, everything that you put in your mouth. So if I go, go have a handful of peanuts, it goes in the journal? It goes in the journal. If I eat those nasty candy bars, it goes in the journal? It goes in the journal. Oh, man. I don't know if I want to know what I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are amazed when they see it on paper. It's the evidence there. Uh, it shows if you went by the donut shop every day, all those little things that we tend to forget uh, mm -hmm. when we're looking at, mm -hmm. at foods. Now we've done our journal. Where mm -hmm. do we go from there? What's our next step in making ourselves more healthy, Gina? Well, this journal helps us to pinpoint or identify areas that need change in our diet. Most of us are really amazed when we see that we've had donuts three times that week or we've had some extra candy bars tucked in, tucked in that, uh, that compartment. So that helps us to begin to make those necessary changes. And by seeing these, you can begin to incorporate more living foods. And that's foods that have not been cooked really long or heated, overheated. Mm -hmm. um, by bringing those into your diet. So we're adding some raw fruit, fruits and vegetables. Right, right. Water plays a very big part in this portion of, of adding our... How much water should we really be drinking a day? We should be drinking anywhere from a minimum of eight to 10 glasses a day, and that's eight ounces a day. So you can keep a water jug right close by you so you get adequate amounts. And we should be drinking that throughout the day, not just a throughout big gulp the day. now and a big gulp at throughout lunchtime the day. and a big gulp. Most people, most adults are increasingly chronically dehydrated. And unfortunately, we also lose this sensitivity of being thirsty. Mm -hmm. So we just keep going. And by the way, the 
colas and the coffee and all of those good things do not replace water. So okay. those don't count. So skip the sweet tea and go right to the H2O. Right. Yes. Okay. All of these things play a part in detoxifying the body, removing unnecessary things that are there, drug buildup. It also helps to build a healthy immune system, which is a very important thing today. There are disorders, diseases running around that we have no answers for and no antibiotics that can... Oh, we hear that on the news every day. Absolutely. So by building a healthy immune system, you can repel every form of bacteria or germ that tends to invade weak cells or unhealthy cells. So those are the basic things we can do to make ourselves healthy. Uh, start a journal, make a plan, add some healthier fruits and vegetables to your diet, drink lots of water, a minimum of eight glasses per day, and try to detoxify again by eating those healthier foods. And then we can enjoy our RV lifestyle for an even longer period of time. Thanks, Gina. You're welcome. Okay, in this particular coach, we're looking at the uh, chassis batteries, and they're in the back on this coach. And uh, tell us a little bit about the chassis batteries, and I'll move out of the way so you can see them. Yeah, on this coach, you've got uh, two 12-volt two batteries. Um, these are your start batteries. This is what actually uh, starts the motor and runs uh, some of the other various items on this vehicle. Um, the same deal. These are actually sealed, uh, maintenance-free batteries. Uh, not all batteries are accessible as far as putting fluids and so forth in them. Um, these charge as you go down the road. They charge also while you're plugged in to a 110 power or running your generator. Uh, also, once again, clean, good, tight connections, sealed connections are, are what's going to make a big difference as well as your maintenance that you do throughout the year, having them checked on a regular basis and so forth. Now there are other things that we could check while we're back here, correct? Yes, there is. There's several things that we can check. Um, your coolant level is here. Uh, transmission and your oil. How often is it uh, important to check those? Um, you're supposed to check your oil every time. Um, you're planning a trip and while you're on your trip uh, what you want to do is, is check it um, while the engine's cold you check it and of course just like a, any auto vehicle or motor vehicle that's on the road uh, there's an indicator on the actual dipstick itself and what you want to do is check it while it's cold before you start it that way all the oil is in the pan And what about the uh, transmission? Of course, it's full. Um, transmission, uh, you can check it monthly or uh, every service. Um, usually, uh, you're going to burn a little more engine oil than you would your transmission. Transmission, we normally don't have those problems or issues with. Uh, Are there any ways to monitor both the oil and the transmission? from your dash. Yeah, you have a transmission gauge. Um, 
which does your temperature and so forth and generally if it starts to run a little warm you might want to have it looked at and generally on your pressure gauge for your oil if it's not running at a normal level which you're used to seeing uh, it would be wise to check it but like I said when you're planning a trip check your oil before you leave and while you're on your trip it doesn't hurt to check it a couple of times and add the oil as needed